Oh, let's go. Let's go. It is the Plank Show on a Monday. I'm excited for a couple of reasons. Number one, after making everyone's life miserable Monday through Friday last week, I'm kind of on a normal schedule this week, which is, and again, it's all softball, and I'm not, I'm not complaining about that. And everyone's been cool about it. So thank you, TJ. Thank you, Casey and Brian. Appreciate a travel day on Monday. Because literally when I landed last Monday, boy, was dead. But then things just went crazy last week. Crazy. Josh was gone on Thursday and Friday. My mojo was all thrown off. So ladies and gentlemen, the second most, well, number one in my book. But as far as, hey, we're here all week. Josh Helmer is in the house. Welcome back from Dallas. Is that right? That is correct. Look Good morning. Missed you. Friday show, and by the way, uh, Connor did a really good job. I was he, I was on the road both days, so that's hard, I think, whenever it's two people that – I mean, no, I've, I've never done a solo show with Connor. Usually when you're gone, it's me or T, me and TJ or Drake will slide in. You know, I think Tyler and I have done some segments together in the past – but to be on the road, to have our boy, Connor the intern, run the – he did a good job. Good. Now, guess who didn't do a good job? Uh-oh. Me. I was terrible without you, Josh. It was horrible. So, on Thursday, I'm all excited because Jocelyn Allo is going to join us. And then JT's film session runs like 30 minutes long. You're watching so much film on Iowa, I'm like starting to worry about Iowa, and you beat them 20 to zip. Now, come on. And then – so, we missed out on him. Thankfully, Joey came through for me. So Joey saved Thursday's show. But Friday, Friday was just an unmitigated disaster. We didn't have a Jossie, because right, we missed her on Wednesday. You were here on Wednesday, that's right. Yes. And that was the film session. Then Thursday we missed her. But on Friday, I had scheduled John Fanna to join us. He's at one of the regionals. And it was a mistake on my part, Josh, because it wasn't, hey, man, give us your number and we'll call you. It was, he's like, yeah, I'll call you guys. So this is every, I'm learning y'all up. If you are podcasters or want to be producers, say, uh, is it okay if I have your number as a backup? And I never did that. And so John Fanta stood us up, but he did reach out this week and it was very apologetic. Um, what happened? He overslept. Oh, well, can certainly relate to that. <laughs> he was very, I mean, it was so funny. He's like, dude, I just woke up. And this was at, uh, this was literally as soon as we signed off. It was 12.02 Eastern time. I'm like, hey, man, it's, I didn't reply to him. I, I pulled the old, all right, listen, you big time thus, John Fanta, that's fine. But he was kind enough to reach out over the weekend and was very apologetic. So he, Again, I'm not saying anything about any guests for today, but he did say that he was open today and tomorrow if we want him to come on. Uh, so I failed on – I think there were two other guests that no show. I was just terrible, terrible in booking this past week. So I'm very glad you're back. Did you have a good time? It was good, yeah. Good. Got to watch some NCAA tournament action at Texas Live. Did some things that – the girlfriend wanted to do, so that was good for her. Nah, is this the first trip that you and your girlfriend have taken together? Yeah. Oh, 
Wow, signature moment. Congratulations. Did she have fun? Did you have fun? That's all that matters. It was good, yeah. We, good. No, we had a good time. Nice to step away for a couple of days. Obviously, happy to be back. We're really happy. I, I, I am very happy. If no one else makes a big deal out of it, Josh Chalmer, I am very happy that you are back. Dude. Thank you. Um, I got a lot to get to. I, I mentioned spending the weekend in Oklahoma City. I want to carve out some time today, maybe maybe the top of next hour. Does it work for you guys to spend some time talking softball? OU softball from this past weekend, I it, it was awesome. Dude, I don't care. Someone put it on Twitter last night, and you would think I would be smart enough to just do the math, but I was told there would be no math. I think it's, it was something like 64 to 2 That's this exactly week. right. Oh, is it really? Look at me. And – I just I felt like with all the energy that was in the stadium, I I didn't care how big of blowouts the games were. Hey, you think Jossie's pretty comfortable now after breaking the mark? She did apologize to us too. She said, "I'm sorry. I'll come on next week." I was like, "You listen to me." <laughs> She's all. It's all good. So Jossie will come on this. Week. I would imagine. <laughs> With what's going on with Jocelyn Allo, there's hey, a lot of folks I, that would like can I tell you this? Time. All right, quick little sidebar, because I know everyone's been kind of clowning me on social media, going about 0 for 5 on the guest, including 0 for 2 on Jocelyn. Do you want to know what the first thing that happened whenever she saw me was? She came up and apologized. The whole, I should be apologizing to her for trying to carve into her time. And she's like, I am so sorry. Uh, Wednesday we had film, and I told Pat I was busy on Thursday, and I was like, so it's Pat's fault. But I'm like, it's all good. And it really was. So she'll come on this week. But how cool is that? But you think she's a little bit more comfortable now with uh, 96 behind her? Oh. Bro, that was amazing this weekend. And everyone freaks out. What have you heard about anything about Kinsey Hansen? What's going on with Kinsey Hansen? I'm like, Lindsey Elam just hit three home runs while Kinsey Hansen is resting. I think, I think we're gonna be okay. And by the way, you know it, it's kind of funny. We talk about people and players in positions when they're challenged and how they respond. Right. The the whole idea. I I like to use some football examples on this. Right. For instance. Green Bay drafted a quarterback in the first round after Aaron Rodgers didn't have a good season. How did Aaron Rodgers respond? Well, he basically has been back-to-back MVP winners. and That's how you respond. Tennessee brought in Ryan Tannehill to compete with Marcus Mariota. Mariota crumbled and folded, right? Uh, college isn't a, isn't a good example, by the way, by the way because – you know, you're always replacing quarterbacks in college. Oh, here's one that I like to use a lot, Josh. Derek Carr, every single year, it's, oh, there's going to be a traded. Well, two years ago, they brought in Marcus Mariota. And some thought, there's John Gruden's mobile quarterback. What happened? Derek Carr has had two of his best statistical years he's ever had. So, now, with that in mind, Lindsey Elam is, is fighting for her spot in the lineup. Right, and I don't think, I don't think that's any breaking news by any stretch of the imagination. And it's not a shot, right? I think she, I think she's grinding, and I think 
she wants to play every day just like all 30 players on the roster do. So what happens? Does she cower and get upset? No, no, no. She she literally goes out and since taking over on March 10th, she's had a hit in all but three games. Pardon me. She's had a hit in all but two games. <laughs> she's she's hit four home runs, five home runs. I mean, that's that's a pretty pretty good response whenever you're without one of your what wait, six? She's hit six of her seven home runs since March 10th when she took over. Now, how about that for a response, right? You see people, they get challenged, they get charged. Lindsay Elam, and starting every single game. And what does she do? I mean, she's just been incredible. So I got a lot to get to on softball that we'll carve out coming here in a bit. Sorry. I side-wrote it to try to make the point, but I think I eventually brought it back together, right? It made sense, didn't it? You did. I think the point you're making is if Lindsay Elam gets to stand in the batter's box versus Iowa for the rest of the season, she'll probably be national player of the year. Yeah, there's no question about it. But, boy, what a – Perry was there, and we were texting a little bit during the game. The – Iowa had a pitcher named Cerna that was in for a third of an inning. She threw 13 pitches, faced five batters, and gave up three home runs. I mean, that's just ridiculous how good they are right now. Anyway, we'll get to it. Josh, though, I want to quote-unquote start – here, and that is with the latest twist and turn involving the future of our guy Baker Mayfield. Tournament recap coming up next segment. Frustrating finish for OU basketball coming up next next segment. Preview of OU and Notre Dame tonight in the women's basketball tournament. How many times did we have to go to the Notre Dame cutaway last night? Did you watch Arizona TCU at all? Oh, well, yes, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Purdue, Texas. It was Purdue, Texas, right? Where they had the Notre Dame cutaway, where one of the players, uh, what was it, a sister that played for? I didn't have the sound up, but oh my gosh, dude. It like, Are there not any people in the stands? <laughs> I'm fortunate. I, I missed that. Did I you was, miss that? Okay. Yeah, I was smack dab in the middle of recording Locked On Sooners, the podcast with John Williams. So I, I was fortunate to miss that. I got to see what this tie is. I didn't. Someone, I'm sure, will text me right away and be like, oh, don't you know this? No, I didn't. I, I, I had to watch with the sound down. I'm sorry. But literally, every time I looked up, it wasn't a basketball play. It was a cutaway to something with the Notre Dame women's basketball team. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I was like, leave it to CBS to over, over cover one angle. So we'll, we'll get to all that coming up here in just a bit. But you were away from us on Thursday and Friday. Now, while you were gone, or when you had left, we thought that. Cleveland was out of the Deshaun Watson saga and that they were going to have to find a way to rebuild a bridge to Baker Mayfield. Well, Josh, that that didn't happen, and I don't know if it was really all about the money and the guaranteed money or what, but Deshaun Watson did get traded to the Browns this weekend. Browns gave up three first-round picks for him. He might not... The more I think about his suspension, Josh, the more I realize he wasn't suspended without pay last year. So he was getting paid all year. 
So there's a good chance the NCAA might, or excuse me, the NFL might say, "Yeah, no, you're you're still you're still getting suspended," and the Browns protected his salary. Now, today is going to be a day where there's going to be a lot of people taking shots at Baker across the board. You know it is, but how? I mean, what a wildly almost careless gamble by Cleveland here. What do you make of where we are right now and what's next for Baker Mayfield, Josh? Now you're starting to hear rumblings that Cleveland doesn't necessarily want to trade Baker. I don't know if that's <laughs> let's drive up the trade value. Oh, yeah. Well, they've already signed Jacoby Brissett, too. So what are you going to have, three quarterbacks on your roster? Yeah, it doesn't doesn't seem very realistic. I'm sure they'll wind up dealing him. Let me ask you something. I can devil's advocate it a little bit like Go this, ahead. though. How much return really are you going to get for Baker Mayfield on a deal that's currently expiring? Not and much. Do you know what the suspension's going to look like potentially from the NFL? You've got, I mean, assuming that you can convince Baker Mayfield to, you know, start a football game for the Cleveland Browns after all of this, I can understand why Cleveland would think, okay, we want Baker Mayfield for one more season. Do you know, Ben Roethlisberger was originally suspended six games by the NFL for his bathroom incident, I think is the best way to put it. Kind of like the best way to put Deshaun Watson's is masseuse incident, so we don't have to get too graphic. But, I mean, I, I don't think he was the same quarterback after that. Now, granted... He was significantly older than what Deshaun Watson is. Here's – this is my opinion. Welcome to my radio show. I have to precursor it by saying it's my opinion. Our radio show. Um, If there's any video with this, it's over. But because there's no video with the Deshaun Watson case, we're left to not believe it. Just like I'm sure there are Steeler fans today that are like, well, I still think – but that was ridiculous that he got suspended in 2010 and he was never the same quarterback, blah, blah, blah. Just like if there wasn't video, I mean, you name a case, with Kareem Hunt. What if there was video with Tyree Kill? How different. And look, even Joe Mixon today. Since there's no video of anything, it's almost like as a public, we're oh. Now you're going to say that he hasn't had to pay his penance and everything and look at this Instagram lawyer. and blah. So – when you talk about the suspension, there's so much that's back. I mean, the NFL has to hit him hard, right? Even without video. I think probably it, it depends maybe a little bit with what happens with the civil cases. Mm. We were fighting about it a little bit last night, and we got a break. But our fight last night was, well, once the NFL suspends him, they can't change his suspension. Well, that's not true. I mean, they can be reduced, but, I mean, the whole rate, they weren't even going to suspend Ray Rice until the video came out, right? And so, I don't know, I'm just, I'm in a position right now where I don't think the NFL should act quickly. I think they have to wait to see how some of these civil cases play out, right? You have to. So, and, and the NFL, far be, far be it from the NFL to act on any timeline, right? So they're not going to be on the Browns' timeline. But let me, before we talk about Baker's future, let me play devil's advocate. 
What if the NFL does act and say Deshaun Watson's going to be suspended eight games? Do you know what would be a total baller move if Baker's like, Great, I'm staying. I'll stay. And just go out there and compete with him. And what if he – now, it could go drastically wrong, but if you go 7-1 and one through those eight games or even 6-2, and two, I mean, I'm just vamping here if there isn't a potential to trade him. But I think he's going to get moved. I just would love to see Cleveland have to eat it on this one right now with the way that their front office has acted. I mean, that's – they're really dumb for a bunch of Ivy League people. And somebody say, well, yeah, well, they got their guy in the end. But look what they had to do. I mean, look what they had to do. They've given up their future. Oh, but look at Les Snead. He said F them picks. So have a lot of people before Les Snead and the Rams. Historically, it don't work. But, I, okay, Cleveland. They've lost us. Bye. And... I'm now intrigued to see what happens next with Baker. What do you think? Well, I just hope he gets a good landing spot, right? I don't want to see him go toil at a franchise that isn't prepared to win. That's why Indianapolis, I think, very would be interesting, inc- incredibly intriguing. We can, I mean, who else would be Seattle? I know that they are quarterback needy, but in terms of right here, right now. We saw what happened with Russell Wilson on that team just a season ago. That's not really a roster right now that's built to go win, you know, 11 or 12 games. So I hope that Baker can get into a situation that's that's built to win. And, you know, you think about Cleveland, of course, they're going to want some sort of return on their investment of sure. using the number one overall draft pick on Baker Mayfield. I get that. But – you talk in sports a little bit about who owes who what. Okay, that can be a dangerous, slippery slope. We saw what happened with the Los Angeles Lakers when they decided they owed Kobe Bryant a lot of money late in his career. It didn't work out for the Los Angeles Lakers. But you hope that there's, at least in closing, a little bit of loyalty from the Cleveland Browns, and maybe they take a little bit less return to get Baker in a spot that is positive for him. Take a time out. I want to talk more about this later in the show. It's a, it's It's been so wild, this NFL offseason. And I keep waiting, okay, what's next today? Right? What's going to happen today? David Ajabo, one of the top prospects in the draft, tore his Achilles during his workout this weekend. Right? I mean, it, now the draft's been thrown on its ear with now multiple teams with multiple first-round picks. Crazy. Quick break. Plank Show rolls on with some tourney talk, NIT style. It's over. Next. No timeouts. No timeouts. Nolan. In- no timeouts. Nolan. Inbounds to Goldwire. Two to tie. Three for the win. Half court with 11. Right wing. Goldwire drives to the rim. Kick corner. Marvin. Pump fake. He'll drive. He floats one up. Missed it short. Rebound, Oshuniyi throws it up to Lofton, and that's your ball game. And St. Bonaventure wins it 70-68 to in the second round of the NIT. Uh, tough end to year one of the Porter Moser era. I had the sync up for, I guess, what as far as game terms would be considered, the fourth quarter. 
There is, for me, decided sadness that I no longer have Kevin Henry and Toby Rowland to listen to on Hoops broadcasts. But, and I, Holmes was pretty impressive last night for St. Bonaventure. And I, I'm not saying that St. Bonaventure had some dudes, but I kind of felt like they had some dudes on that roster. You know, that's a St. Bonaventure team where all five starters averaged double figures for them. And you look at the final box score from last night, and all five, all five starters, starters scored in double figures. So, a good St. Bonaventure team. Obviously, a fantastic finish once again for Mo Gibson to his season. Not, not really – Enough in other places from Goldwire and Tanner Groves. But, I'm, you know, look, you lose to St. Bonaventure in the second round of the NIT. It's frustrating. It's disappointing. I still, big picture, remain pleased with the way the last three weeks, month played out, transpired for Oklahoma basketball. Coming down the home stretch, that was very, very encouraging. I thought – well, first, I thought they were going to win last night. I won't lie to you. But secondly, I really I – I don't know, Josh. I just – I'm really excited for the future of this program. Beyond jacked. And it's it's part – well, I think it's holy Porter Moser. I mean, I really do. And it's it's so hard. I don't know how college basketball guys do it. I really don't. Those that cover it, 365. I mean, we we cover college basketball every day, but the the Jeff Goodmans, the, who's the This Is March guy, Don, John Rothstein? John Rothstein. Yeah, I, I mean, the guy, the guys that know, because if you're at this point and someone says, hey, man, what do you think of Oklahoma's chances next year? I don't even know what the roster's going to look like, right? We know that there's some guy – we know for certain that Shagwa – Goldwire, and I'm missing one, Johnson. We know for sure that they're gone, right, the super seniors. Yeah, which is disappointing <laughs> that, uh, you know, Marvin Johnson wound up being – Nice find. You know, really one of the catalysts – You really did. – of this late season run, so I wish he was coming back. And I get excited about the future of some guys. For instance, you know, I was just pulling up the uh, Bijan Cortez, I think, has a very bright future. Oh, Shag – did I mention Shagwa? Did I say Shag- – okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. You did. Um, I think C.J. Nolan looks like we could put him at strong safety. Um, I mean, this this dude is a rock. I, I'm i excited at E.J. Harkless coming back. But look at Texas Tech. You know, what, three, four of those guys that are out there making plays for them were on other teams at this time last year. Look at, look at North Carolina. You know, two of their stars were other places. It's just – it's so hard – to figure out how a team is going to look going forward, Josh, because I have no idea what any roster is even going to look like outside of a handful of guys, and there's no guarantee they're going to stay. Well, obviously the big question for Oklahoma is Mo Gibson coming back. Agreed. If if Mo Gibson's coming back, you feel pretty good about the potential for what next season can look like. If he doesn't, all of a sudden you've got some serious scoring and shooting to fill. And you're going to need a couple of these young guys, Otega Uwe, Milos Uzen, Benny Schroeder. You're going to need those guys to be impact players for you. I think that's pretty 
apparent. Yeah, I agree. But it's just it's it's weird because as Oklahoma wins it seventy to sixty eight, or excuse me, as St. Bonaventure wins it seventy sixty eight last night. I guess maybe the question more than anything else, Josh, is this: Are you as pumped for the future of Sooner basketball with so much unknown about the roster as I am? I mean, literally, because I guess you know, saying unknown. It's one of two. It's either everything's pretty much known and you have like two or three openings or dudes can enter the portal and it becomes as wild as it was at the end of last season. I mean, I'm excited regardless just because I believe in in what Porter's building. I really do. Yeah, I don't think it'll be anywhere near as crazy as it was through the coaching change this this time last year for Oklahoma. Maybe somebody surprises us and – enters the transfer portal, but I haven't heard that. I'd be surprised by it. So I think you've got a pretty decent idea of what the roster looks like, and hopefully you can just convince Mo Gibson that playing one more season in Norman is where he wants to be. Sure. Not either A, I don't. Th- might he go overseas? Might he try to go somewhere else? I don't know. But I'd love to see him back in a student uniform. I thought he really, I thought he really had a good season. But for the most part, it was a season that ends frustratingly, I'm sure, for everyone involved. Now, one season, we're going to hear from Porter Moser coming up in the top five stories of the day. I know that's really, really teasing ahead to the third hour. But yeah, it's down the road. Of just a just discussion. Maybe, like I said, I'm going to have a big softball segment at the top of the 10 o'clock hour where we'll hear some from Patty Gasso. But uh, a lot of Porter Moser coming up in hour number three. In the meantime, Josh Helmer, we got a big one tonight. So when we come back, let's talk some women's hoops, shall we? Get you a snapshot of what to expect from Notre Dame. Uh, 405-651-3439. I have two questions on the Air Comfort Solutions text line I need to answer today. 405-651-3439. What was the biggest story this weekend? What would you sit here today and say that was the biggest story? I, I'm talking From the tournament? I'm talking across the board. Would you say the tourney dominated the weekend, the NFL with Deshaun Watson? You can go locally and say, listen, I was all in on baseball. So to me, uh, the New Orleans series was it. Maybe softball and 5,000 fans in Oklahoma City. Maybe it's the NIT. Maybe it's the women's tournament. What, as we sit here today, because I can't get enough of this tournament. And yet the NFL is is like the, the crazy ex knocking on your window. That's like, hey, my season may be over, but don't forget about me. Hey. It's me. It's Tom Brady. Hey. <laughs> it's it's Devontae. It's Deshaun Watson. It's Bake. We'll talk women's hoops next. But hit me up. What what you consider to be the big story of the weekend is the Plank Show. Check it. Uh, did you check out any new restaurants this weekend, if I can speak, to start the segment? When you're down in Dalu's? I, I definitely did. So, Wate Burger is that? <laughs> Can you imagine you, you go on a, a an away trip and you finally take it with your girlfriend? It's like, hey, let's hit McDonald's tonight. What do you say? So we went to a place called Spiral. Okay. Which okay, so my girlfriend is vegetarian. Oh. Oh yeah. No, it's <laughs> Okay. No wonder you're looking so slim, man. Yeah, I know. I'm <laughs> like malnourished. <laughs> 
we got this mac and cheese. I, I, I don't want to, you know. You're not trying to throw anything under the bus here. It's just we're I, you're sitting across from a over meat eater, <laughs> it and was. it's a, it'd be a whole life change if someone came to me and's like, listen, I'm vegetarian. I'm like, oh, <laughs> like like are you like all in vegetarian? Are you say you're vegetarian to sound cool, and you'll still have a steak with me every now and then? She sounds like she's legit in though. Oh right? yeah, no, okay. no, she's well, she's. I, out on stage. I respect the commitment to it. Did you go down for a concert or just to get away? Just really to get away for a couple of days. So, But I got to do a little bit of what I wanted to do, which was hang out at Texas Live and watch hoops. One time we went on a trip, and it was the whole – it was me and Will and the two girls and my wife. And I had one of those days, Josh, where someone – it's like I wanted to watch – I don't know if it was football or, or something. And we were in this place, the big hotel, got the creeks you can walk around. It's always advertised. Anyway, we were there, and I happened to walk into like this wine bar. It was like, I was like, do you guys have a TV here anywhere? I'm like, yeah, we got one right over there. They got an actual bar right over there. I was like, what? Because it wasn't like a restaurant. or bar. It was literally they sold wine is what they did. I went back in the corner. There was like this magically placed area where you could sit and watch a game. And they're like, hey, we're going to go shop at some other shops. And I was like, you're like, all right, later. See ya. I mean, literally, good. Like, like an hour and a half later, I sat there and I was like, let's go. Man, I'm glad you're back, dude. In case you couldn't tell. No, I obviously missed hanging out with you. And what? Um, I, I want to talk about the story that's important, but not of the utmost important for Oklahoma women's basketball tonight, as though you get set for Notre Dame. The crowd. I thought the crowd on Saturday night, they did a really nice job promoting it. Coach um, Baranchek was actually at the softball game, and she had the mic and was getting people fired up. I think the marketing crew did a great job in promoting it up as a pajama party, which was which was great. We used to do that back in the day at the University of Tulsa with that late Monday night game, Josh, whenever Big Monday was a triple header, and for some reason a team in the, t- in the central time zone was tipping off at 10 p.m. at night. Um, but, yeah, it was it was awesome, man. It was it was awesome. I, I mean, you want to see more people there, but I thought kind of what Porter Moser talked about after the first game of the NIT, you felt like that there was – some pretty good juice in the arena. So, overall, you think we see a few more butts in seats tonight, knowing what's at stake? You would hope so, yeah. You would hope so. Trip to the Sweet 16 on the line. You're playing this thing at home. and I don't know how much everybody else has been keeping tabs on the women's tournament out there, but we had a pair of shockers yesterday. Yeah, The potential national player of the year, Caitlin Clark, and Iowa – Got cooked at home by, by Creighton. And Baylor. Baylor lost to South Dakota. It was a wild day in the NCAA women's tournament. So what I'm saying is they could use a nice, raucous crowd in Norman here. This thing is not just some lock it up and throw it away. OU's moving to the Sweet 16. The women's tournament's starting to resemble more and more the parity that we see on the, the men's side of the uh, it, basketball tournament. It hasn't always been that way. No. You know, and I think I heard Toby, he was – he was talking to someone earlier, and I thought it was a good point. You know, you we've lived on the big dance giving us surprise moments, right? A lot of 12s beating fives. Um, now anymore, a seven 
a 10 over a 7 isn't even an upset. And 11 over the 6, like, has a 15 advanced to the Sweet 16. That's what I need to know. But for the for the women's tournament, it usually was just the one seeds yeah. or the two seeds. Chalk. <laughs> and it was dominant in the way that they would take care of business. So you're right. It's it's pretty nice to look out there and see some of the upsets. We just it's nice, but just not tonight. <laughs> not tonight. Olivia Miles is one of the stids for Purdue, along with Maya Dotson. The I they got they've got some size. They've got two bigs. They've got a big center in Darren Mabry. So that's kind of been the matchup that has given Oklahoma problems in the past. But I I would hope that we would see a nice crowd tonight. And I'll tell you what is still pretty cool to me and cracks me up is watching when Coach Baranchek and how she responds to the crowd and how she wants the crowd to get involved. There was a I, I was going to video it, but I didn't want anyone to get mad at me. But there was a moment where I think it was I think it was Maddie that powered up in the fourth quarter, and Coach Bronchett came firing out. She fist-pumped twice, and she's got this move, right, where she fist-pumps, and then she takes her arms, she throws it up, and trying to get the crowd into it. I mean, it was, it was pretty awesome. And the crowd responded, and so did Oklahoma. Because all I heard – Whenever I would watch women's tournament coverage was, oh, IUPUI with their big, tough matchup for Oklahoma. I think there's a chance of an upset. Trying to build drama. Right. Which it wound up being. It was a good game. A good game. You know, 78-72, they they won and got great contributions from your two stars, which you need in the NCAA tournament. You need Taylor Robertson to go out and score 22 for you and Maddie Williams to add 21. And then – Really kind of the question mark, right, was, okay, what was Skylar Vance's status going to be Look at you. for this tournament for Oklahoma? And lo and behold, clearly, clearly good enough to go, right? Went out and scored 13 points, so that's massive for OU. I, I want to make a declarative statement right now. De- declarate? Declarate. <laughs> I think that's Definitive? right. Definitive? Anyway, I want to make a declarative statement right now. At 9.46 on the Plank Show. Are you ready? Yes. ESPN covers the women's tournament better than CBS and Turner and TBS cover the men's tournament. Wow. Now, I appreciate every game being on every channel. That's That gives CBS the edge. Putting Clark Kellogg with Charles Barkley and Kenny Smith. Did you see their bracket last night of donuts? <laughs> no. So they had they had the bracket and it was just all the donuts and they would eat what whom they thought was going to get eliminated. But what whatever TBS I will make this very clear. Candace Parker is amazing. But this is the NCAA tournament. Rex Chapman being on that panel would be like doing a karaoke show <laughs> as a live concert. Is that who was sitting over there with the glasses? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I was wondering who that was. Dude, he is terrible. I mean, terrible. You know who struggled last night was Bob Huggins. Oh, bless. Whoever decided Bob Huggins needed to have a mic around him during the broadcast was not a good thing. Oh, man. He's he's the funny dude, right? He's got a good sense of humor. But everything sounds like this. There's no juice to him at all. And Rex Chapman is just, dude, it's... 
I'm uncomfortable when I watch them. I thought that uh, I don't know who the host was, but I thought the host did a nice job. Oh, I th- listen. I'll tell you what. With and and because he's relatively, I like the host. I like Candace Parker. Seth Davis is fantastic. Oh yeah, right? I mean, you start talking about college basketball reporters. He he's right there, tippity top. And and they're using John Rothstein a little bit more, which I kind of dig. Um, but man, it's just. I'm I'm letting one person ruin an entire network's broadcast for me. That's how terrible I think it is. <laughs> Sometimes it can be like that. I, I'm not even lying. And ESPN now they have their their people that wear you out, but I just I feel like it is this it's not someone trying to be funny and it's not someone that's trying you're I'm I'm learning, man. I'm learning about women's hoops every time I watch. By the way, no too much. It wasn't the same South Dakota that OU played earlier this year that beat Baylor in the NCAA tournament. But it was kind of fun to watch, wasn't it? Boy, Baylor's coach already is in a bad spot with me. So, so sorry it, for her. Baylor had every opportunity to come back in that fourth quarter, too. I think they held South Dakota scoreless for, like, six-plus minutes or something, and they just – Baylor could not find their way to work back in that game. I mean, what a disappointment. Oh, actually, I apologize. It was the same South Dakota. So, see, there you go. Oklahoma beat – uh, Baylor twice and then took care of the team that beat Baylor. Fairly convincingly, too. 61-47 did South Dakota. The Yotes, Josh Helmer, the Coyotes. So there's South Dakota State that was supposed to win their first-round game and didn't, and now Providence is in the men's Sweet 16. And then there's South Dakota, not to be confused with South Dakota State, who beat Baylor and is still alive in the women's tournament. Correct. The Yotes and the Jackrabbits. Sorry for the confusion on my South Dakotas. I, I, I was going to get to calls, and I just got so – I just saw – I get so mad. It's like your first broadcast is the NCAA tournament, and you suck? <laughs> I mean, what are we doing? Not ideal, that's for sure, for certain. It – I just it's like it's like saying that because I made my sister laugh one time I'm a comedian so I'm going to go headline at the Laugh Factory or something. It's just terrible. All right, hey, quick break. It is nine fifty. I want to get your calls at four zero five three two nine nine thousand. Softball talk coming up as well in the Plank Show. We got a little breaking news that probably only matters to me in the Sooner Nation, but I know it matters a lot to the nine one eight. According to a report from John Rothstein, Tulsa has zeroed in on Louisiana Tech's Eric Cronkle as its next head basketball coach. Barring something unforeseen, he is expected to be the next head coach at Tulsa. It says here he was a student assistant at Tulsa in 2000 and 2001. I am a terrible person because that's whenever I was knee-deep in the Tulsa beat and the name doesn't ring a bell. Of course, you have to remember that 2000-2001 staff for Bill Self had names like Norm Roberts. I think Billy Gillespie was already gone, but he had some John Phillips who eventually became the Tulsa head coach. Norm Roberts spent some time at St. John's as their head coach. He had three or four Division I head coaches. But at out of fifth, 45-year-old Eric Conkle looks like he's going to be the next head coach at Tulsa. Hasn't made the NCAA tournament yet. 
But through six seasons, he has five seasons of more than 20 wins, which is the most in Louisiana Tech men's basketball history. He was the fastest to 50 wins and currently fourth on the all-time list. But it's not the only hiring, right, Josh Elmer? No, no, it's not. Sounds like Kansas State's set to hire longtime Baylor assistant coach Jerome uh, Tang as its next head men's basketball coach. I don't know much about Jerome Tang, but I know that I'm going to – Let's give True plenty of time right sure, off the top of the sure. hour. I don't know much about Jerome Tang, but I do know that a lot of people view him kind of how they view Tommy Lloyd at Arizona to where Tommy Lloyd was that right-hand man for Mark Few for the longest time. And, I mean, look what Tommy Lloyd's done at Arizona. They're going to the Sweet 16. Even though they got the greatest break in the history of breaks, how do you not call a foul at midcourt? How do you not call that foul? No kidding. That was terrible. Terrible. So anyway, Tommy Lloyd was the right-hand man for Mark Few. Gets hired at Arizona. Boom. Said no to a lot of places. Drum Tank's kind of the same way. He... If I'm not mistaken, am I? He's been there since day one of Scott Drew. Yeah, the the last 19 years. Wow. Since uh, obviously Scott Drew and company took over down there in Waco, and w- what I've heard about Tang is that what Kansas State is, what they like is that he's regarded as a fantastic recruiter. There you go. How do you get better? Have better players. Now is that recruiting? High school. What's up? Oh, you photo guy. He was all over this weekend, by the way. Ice Marine Hines North. Mark Desher, photog to the stars. But is that recruiting now more than just high school, right? It's our JUCOs. It's, all right, how am I recruiting the portal? How am I going to go get me some ballers? Let's go. Yeah, you better have a head coach that is both good at recruiting and enjoys it as well because you're recruiting now – more than ever before with the transfer portal, just the world we live in. All right, it is 9.58, which means we are all caught up in our number one. And as always, it's brought to you by Van Hoos Fence. Visit vhfence.com. Their perfection is your protection. Our call mark contested today at 405-735-1167. 405-735-1167. All right, I owe you softball talk. It's carved out for next on the Plank Show. 405-651-3439 if you want to get in on the Air Comfort Solutions text line today. 405-329-9000, Air Comfort Solutions text. Wait, hold on. 405-329-9000, Law Offices of Rod Polston, Oklahoma Tax Resolution Line. We'll get some of those. Tweets coming up in just a bit. What's that last one that just came in? If other fan bases don't start a Pootie Tang chant when Kansas State comes to town, I'll be disappointed. Have you ever seen the movie Pootie Tang? Have never seen Pootie Tang. Do you know who's the star of Pootie Tang? No. Chris Rock. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. It's So it's got to be pretty good. Oh, it's terrible. But it's it's great in how terrible it is. If yeah, that makes any sense it, One of those cult classics that's awful, but you love it because it's so bad. Yeah. Lance 
Kruther as Pootie Tang. I don't I don't know if it would be considered okay now. That may like have you ever watched Eddie Murphy Delirious, his stand up? Netflix put it back in rotation a while ago, and I'm watching it and I'm thinking <laughs> Eddie fitted to get canceled. But if if you get a chance, Josh, and it's one in the morning and you can't sleep. Sure. And I'm sure I'm sure the C- Louis C.K. written Booty Tang is available on one of the awful movie apps, right? You have – is this just me that's noticed this? Tell me if I'm wrong, JT. I think JT's listening in. So you have several apps like Amazon Prime, Netflix. Netflix never has the movie you want. Uh, I, I guess maybe you put like a Fubo on there. Whatever you have. I just My two movie apps are Amazon Prime, Disney+. Plus. And then, of course, maybe Netflix. But then you have uh, I, Pluto TV. There's IMDb TV that always have like trash movies that were never successful. And all of a sudden, you know, you you, you can find them on the IMDb. I, I watch Beer League nonstop with Artie Lang. It's been a long time since I've seen that. I, I need to Cra- Crackle, Crackle is another one, but see, Crackle's kind of high end for me. You know, I I need I need to open it up and be able to see Texas Chainsaw Massacre as a movie that's available. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that is Fubo. Anyway, my point is, if you get a chance, Pootie Tang as well, well worth it. There's a few drops maybe that we can use from. Okay, that. I got to get back to sports before I get in trouble. Here. Color me intrigued. Uh, hour two of the Plank Show brought to you by Allison Insurance, and I promised him softball. So real quick, before I get to truth sooner, how about this stat? Lindsey Elam took over as the starting catcher for the Sooners on March 10th. During that stretch, she is 9 of 20, has scored nine runs, has driven in 16 home, uh, runs, and has hit six home runs. So, in other words, here's someone who was, I mean, I think it's fair to say, right? Not necessarily in the everyday lineup. I mean, Kinsey Hansen's your catcher. Taylor Snow's your first baseman. And Taylor Snow's hitting 548, and she didn't start a game. I mean, that shows you how deep this roster is. Jennings is at second. Lions is at short. Jan is at third. But she's not tapping out. She's not saying I'm out. I mean, do you know how hard it is to hit six home runs during a nine-game span? Do you know how hard it is to go six for 20? I mean, baseball, softball, baseball, sports of failure. And you have constant it's, – it's all because of the greatest hitting coach on the planet. We know that. But – Josh, it's incredible what they're doing right now. Well, in it's an incredible story for her, as, as you touched on earlier, to stay prepared, to stay ready in that type of situation, and then go out and hit nine for 20 in that stretch and have six of those nine knocks be big flies. Incredible. Incredible what she's done. So the nine, home, the nine runs that she scored – is nine of the 12 runs she scored on the season. The 16 runs batted in because, heaven forbid, I say RBIs. Oh, you moron. Dude, let me tell you something. You want to get 
softball fans upset. Have the feed go out on the broadcast for like oh, two seconds. Anyway, um, 16 of those runs batted in. She has 20 on the season. And the six home runs that she hit, which, of course, a little bit included three yesterday, six of her seven home runs. That's pretty impressive. For Called either. having a nice stretch. And we talked about Jocelyn Allo earlier, but you notice here we are, you know, an hour and ten minutes into the show, and I'm getting ready to jump on a plane. I think it's like 2 o'clock. To go to Kentucky for we hope we play tomorrow, but weather's looking a little bit sketchy. And we haven't even talked about the pitching. And they have allowed two runs since March 11th. They have not had an opposing team get a hit in runners with runners in scoring position since March 10th. That that's unbelievable how good they've been. And another no-no yesterday. It's hard to to. I mean, coaches want to nitpick, right? Coach Gasso said, I had him about a six. You know, maybe they're pushing towards a seven right now. I mean, I'm Destiny Martinez and I, this was her first chance to watch the team this weekend. And literally, her jaw was just dropped. And during commercial breaks, I'm just looking at her going, yeah, yeah, that's, that's what it is. I mean, I, I know you ain't true. I'm going to get right to you. It's not like teams are going out there and kicking the ball all over the field, right? Iowa had a very Keystone Cops-esque first inning, and it led to one sooner run. One. 19 of those runs happened without Iowa doing something stupid or making a mistake. That's a team that heading into this weekend was like in the top six of the Big Ten. Indiana. Indiana is an okay softball team. They made plays. Oklahoma put 15 runs on them. And I'm not even, whenever I, the Houston game, have you ever had a project at work and you're like, you know what, if we do this like this, we'll be done in a heartbeat. Maybe it's an interview. I'm trying to, I'm trying to bring it to us where it's like, hey, you know what, if, if, um, if you do this interview and I do the other interview, the show's basically over. Show's right? done. You knock one out, I'll knock one out, we're done. I, that's how Houston felt. It was like, hey, listen, you take care of like the first guy. Let's just get a big lead and we'll get out of here. It was incredible, dude. They can do whatever they want. And this is a big-time challenge tomorrow night, I think. All Though someone was crushing me on Twitter because I, thought I, I said I thought Iowa might be a challenge. Well, <laughs> is what it is. It, all five run rule victories again, incredible. I think it's at ten straight now with the run rule. The last team to play a full seven innings against the Sooners was Utah on February seventh. I mean, that's ten straight run rule wins. Incredible. All right, um, true Sooner, what's going on, man? Welcome to the show. How are you, true? Hey, I'm doing good, man. Just getting a little rained on, you know. <laughs> I. Uh, Oh, is it raining? I was going to ask, yeah, a little bit. I was going to ask Josh, uh, this girlfriend. Now, does she take? Does she take you to beatnik bars and poetry bars, or is it, just, Ooh, is it strictly just? Good you know, question. I'm, no poetry bars as of yet. I, I, no, I've, no. I've agreed to plenty of destinations. There I'm not sure that that's something I'm going <laughs> to sign off on. Are you allowed? Are you allowed to put dead animals on your shoulders? Is that? Yeah, I think I'm okay with that. Why would he put dead? Okay. Oh, you're talking like maybe like, hunting or something? Like a fur coat yeah. or something. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. All right. 
No, no, she's so, – you're right, though. She's not a big fan of that. So, as bad as things got last night and, and, and as bad as things you know, were by the Sooners ending their, their season in the IT, think about this, though. At least you don't have to go home and wear brown and yellow for the rest of your life. Yeah, those are I mean, some that is dastardly horrible. colors. Oh, man. St. Bonaventure. Wa- yeah, Wyoming, you know, the Cowboys. I mean, they have the same – I just can't imagine back in 1921 or whatever it was. You know, let's let's get a couple of colors together for this university or you know whatever year it was. I, I think we should go with yellow and brown. <laughs> I mean, I just can't. Well, at I'm least just glad that it, at least Iowa has black and gold. But for St. Bonaventure, yeah, exactly. you look at it you're like, oh, those poor people. Just when Texas State is the same way. I hate to get caught up uh, in color schemes, but you just look at it you're like, oh disgusting Brutal. it, it does sort that. of reek of you got the last chance to pick your color scheme at you know <laughs> <laughs> freshman class at trojan night in andover kansas sorry it does i, I was gonna tell you guys chris i'm sure you're around tulsa you're, you're around tulsa in 83 right oh gosh no 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 i was oh you weren't i was eight <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry, sorry. Well, I'm, I'm not that old. I keep forgetting you're you're, you're 75, right? Right, right, right. No, no, no. <laughs> but I, I listen. I'll, I'll tell you this much. I I studied, so I know about everything that was going on around '83. There. So in in '83, when I was 15 years old, I guess. Anyway, me and a buddy of mine bought season tickets to the Oklahoma Outlaws. Oh yeah, rained all the time. And I just I just saw the deal come up. Uh, I just saw the deal come up 39 years ago last month. That was the first game, and I was just kind of laughing because I remember these games and how cold they were. I mean, there were there were games that were zero degrees, and there were games that were, by the time they quit playing in whatever it was, June or whatever, there was over 100 degrees. So you talk about, you know, and Tulsa didn't support them very well. I mean, of course, it was raining every game, but uh, they only averaged 21,000 people a game, and Doug Williams was there, and Gosh, you could go down the list of Jim Kelly was was playing for mm-hmm. the the LA the LA Express. I mean, it was it was kind of a who's who. They, but my question is, what, this new league that's starting, it's not. It's just kind of a gimmicky kind kind of thing, like the other ones have been, right? Yes the the hope the hope is that maybe with its ties to the NFL, it has right. a little bit more juice. Then and I know I use that term a lot, but you know we're 26 days away from it. It's an eight-team lead uh, league. They've gone with all well, not all of the original. I mean, as you mentioned, the Oklahoma Outlaws aren't on there, but they've gone with most of the original teams, like the New Jersey Generals, the Philadelphia Stars, uh, what the Houston Gamblers. So they're they're trying, I think, to hit a little nostalgia. But we all know it's gonna it's gonna basically work and be successful or fail on how how good of players they get, how good the games are, right? The X, the XFL, even in the inaugural year, did incredible TV ratings that first night, and they thought they had a home run the first time around. But it just right. the football was terrible. It was terrible. He hate, he hate, he hate me. me. Yeah. He hate me. We'll see you guys. See you, buddy. I won't lie to you. Um, there's not a lot of people talking a ton about the USFL on my timeline, but like R.J. Young is all over it. I don't know if Fox said, hey, go cover the USFL or if he's just deciding to. And I won't lie, you know, hearing from some of the coaches get me gets me a little fired up. Some of the players in the draft, interesting. But I just 
I don't know what their goal is. Now, if you start a league and it becomes a true NFL development league, that's great. But, I mean, no one's going to want their first round or second round picks going to play in a USFL at a risk of getting hurt. So you're not going to have NFL-level players, but somehow they have to find a way to where it's guys we saw in college and are known up-and-comers. It's just not it's not going to work when your starting quarterback is Shea Patterson. I'm sorry. It's just I love Shea Patterson. Yeah, it's not going to work, period. <laughs> we've seen this before. I mean, come on. We, we've seen this story. It's not going to work. It'll be exciting for a week, and then nobody will care. Nobody will care. Do you know how many years the uh, Oklahoma Outlaws played in Oklahoma? How many? One. Oh, <laughs> But that was a memorable season, though. It was a great season in 1984. They had some interesting dudes on their roster. Doug Williams was their quarterback. Mel Gray was one of their wide receivers. But, yeah, it was – I heard a lot of – I heard a lot of Oklahoma Outlaw stories. In fact, did you know that they actually had to play a game at Lewis Field in Stillwater? Because Skelly Stadium – that just that just wasn't it, dude. Unfortunately, as someone who loves Skelly Stadium uh, from back in the day, but just not it, dude. Look at now you've got me on the Oklahoma Outlaws page. They literally ended up there by accident during the team's season in Tulsa. All six of their wins came during inclement weather. Four at home wins against Pittsburgh, Michigan, Houston, and at Washington and San Antonio came in rainy conditions. A win against Chicago came in a snowstorm in Chicago. <laughs> Cursed, man. All right. Um, thanks, Drew. Appreciate the phone call. Softball fans, let's get after it if you want to. 405-329-9000. We got some text rolling in. We'll hit on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. 405-651-3439. We will be live from Lexington, Kentucky tomorrow as we'll be on the road with Sooner Softball with a plank show. Do you know what keeps sucking me back in, though, Josh, as we sit here on a Monday morning? You know what keeps pulling me back in? The National Football League. I'm trying. I'm trying. But every so often, I'll, I'll see something that makes me mad with a take on Baker. I, I was laughing. There's a promo that ran incessantly on Fox Sports Radio this week, and and it aired at least five times during my Sunday night show. You know, the the Colin Coward one, have you heard it? Have we aired it on any of our stations? Probably, but... I wish I could find it, because... And, again, Colin's done an incredible job in getting to where he is. So this isn't disdain or hate or ah, I could do those people that are, ah, I can do a better job. No, no, no. It's just, I kind of thought it was BS. <laughs> the whole promo is I have people come on my show and I don't pander and nestle up to them. I tell them what I've been saying. And literally the question was, you know, whenever you hear, you know, the stuff that's out there, I mean, h- how do you handle it? Oh, you showed him. Yeah, you really. <laughs> you really let him have it there. You really got him under siege. Ooh. I mean, if someone comes in 
and you're like, I don't know. I let them know how I feel about them. I mean, usually the response is, I'm, I'm just not a fan. <laughs> I will never for the life of me ever, ever, ever understand how anyone could grinch about Baker Mayfield. And some would say, well, that's your Sooner homerism coming through. Well, fair. But I'd like to think of myself as being objective to where if one of our guys was a jerk, I don't think I'd be afraid to say, yeah, I don't know how well that's going to fit, right? I, and when everyone calls a dude, I mean, everyone was crushing Spencer Rattler. And my point was, I don't. I have a problem with this dude, and and I don't know many that do, outside of a couple of students whose words you took at gospel, because he he shunned someone on campus corner. Wasn't that the story, on on Spencer Rattler? Oh, he shunned. Uh, yeah, any of, student you talked to, right? Exactly, <laughs> and and now their word is the gospel. Anyway, um, I don't understand how anyone cannot like Baker Mayfield. It's just. He is everything you would want in a star athlete. He's accessible. He's funny. He's got good personality. He is fiercely loyal to his team. He's good. He's good. He got hurt last year. Well, look at his numbers before. Guys, he took a franchise that stunk with a terrible roster and helped get him to the playoffs and won a playoff game. But now that's not enough, right? Well, I, this roster, blah, blah, blah. With this roster, okay, if Baker stinks, you had a home game against the Raiders that if you won, you're probably going to the playoffs. And with your beloved Case Keenum, you got beat because that defense couldn't stop Hunter Renfro. I mean, I'm not – I understand. I get it. Uh, we're live – where our our base is Norman, Oklahoma. That's where the Brown O'Haver Studios are located, Norman, Oklahoma. We are broadcast on 94.7 in Oklahoma City. We're broadcast in Lawton. We're broadcast in Tulsa. We're broadcast worldwide on sportstalk1400.com. But I, I, I will never understand anyone that says, oh, I just can't stand Baker Mayfield. I mean, really? If the chip on the shoulder is too much, you don't like your guys to be motivated? You know who I can't – I can't stand LeBron James anymore. LeBron James is having wine-tasting shows on HBO. I can't relate to that. Do you know what I can relate to? Baker Mayfield, when he went into an RV store and had to rent an RV as a rookie for the coaches or, or for the other quarterbacks and was relieved when his credit card went through. Right. I mean, I can relate to Baker Mayfield as being a guy that, again, seems more like the everyday dude. He's not – he's doing commercials. But so, so are a lot of quarterbacks. I just – a I lot would, of athletes, not not just quarterbacks. I mean, again, I, I I try to go final scene, eight mile. I am a loser. I do live with my mom. I mean, I, I, I did cover Baker Mayfield from day one. 
I did interview him after every game. I did think he should be the first pick in the draft. But by God, I I don't understand how you could turn so quickly unless, unless you are so driven by seeing the react. This that's what I think. That's what I think is is Cowherd's whole thing. I think he's so eaten up with how Baker and fans react that he's found himself a gold mine. Yeah, and, he's got that niche. Yeah. And there's enough people that look at you and say, well, I'll take his word over Baker Mayfield because they can't stand Baker Mayfield now for reasons that I'll never comprehend. I mean, is is this my sooner homerism? I don't know. I think the performance is fair game. Sure, he's got to play Mayfield. better. He's got to play better. But everything else you're saying in terms of a quarterback that you would like to cover that is accessible, that has personality – some of the times in the past where Baker's gotten ripped for things that, by the national media, has gotten ripped for things that he said in press conferences and such, it's, okay, well, don't you don't like having storylines? You should love having storylines. So I, I'm with you on that. I mean, Baker's a great guy to cover. He's exciting in that respect. Sure, you know, the football side of it, Deshaun Watson's an upgrade from Baker Mayfield. He is. Sure, absolutely. I don't doubt that at all. But at what cost? I mean, I I don't know how else to say this. I am, you cut me, I bleed silver and black. I mean, I I am a, a Raiders fan through and through. But wherever Baker lands, I am all in. I'm all in on that team, unless it's Kansas City or Los Angeles or Denver. But, I mean, I'm all, I have a Kansas City shirt. Right? Now, granted, a Chiefs fan had a bite for me. Creed is good. Yeah, I, I wouldn't worry about him landing at any of those three spots. Um, you want to hit a couple of quick Air Comfort Solutions texts here before we grab a break? There's, I saw a couple softballs in there as well. From OU Believer 56, I know that five OU players have hit three home runs at a game. Four are Elam, Lyons, Jennings, and Shelby Pindley. Does Mr. Plank know who is the fifth? Five OU players have hit three home runs in a game. I mean, I'm guessing that it's not Lauren Chamberlain, but, I mean, that would be my – it seemed to be the easy guess, right? I do, that's a great trip. Oh, I don't have any of my notes with me. I don't have any of my notes with me. But it is, it is someone that's – it's not Jossie. Jossie's – now, she hit four in a day, but – Usually after Josh Jossie hits two, they stop pitching to her. Right. That's that's pretty much it. Um, I think it's random. I think it's random. Uh, but, uh, oh, you believer, I won't dig. I'll wait on your answer. You want to give a guess? You venture a guess and I'll venture a guess. You know, it wouldn't be bad to maybe still go with. Wait, hold on. Oh, I know the answer. You do. You got the, <laughs> you got the cheat, cheat sheet over there, huh? No, what are you talking about? I think it's Amber Flores. I just that that name just kind of <laughs> good guess. That is correct. Ding ding ding. Oh, is it really? No, I don't know. You tell me. You're the one with the answers over there. Well, I mean, I don't know. You believe her? You tell me. Um, it is, you know, it is really incredible, as OU believer brings us back to Sooner softball. Well done. Um. 
it's just wild to think that they hit four home runs in an inning. It's like, eh, good job, good inning. Come out and high five. I mean, there are teams that won't hit four home runs in a series or in two weeks. Unbelievable. Where's the Pootie Tang? Uh, I'm now obsessed with Pootie Tang being the new head coach at Kansas State. It's actually that, with that picture. That's it, you know. Incredible. I want that picture to use. And by Jerome Tang was named as the new head coach. It's Amber Flores, though you believe her. Uh, Pootie Tang is a movie. Jerome Tang is the new head coach at Kansas State. I don't want to create any confusion here. I still can't believe you haven't seen Pootie Tang, Josh. It does seem out of place for me to have not seen it. It's so terrible. It is so terrible. Uh, the reason why Wyoming has brown and yellow as its cover is because the man who determined it thought that the Oxy Daisy was the prettiest flower he'd ever seen. The team that won the championship for that year, former for that former football league, was the Michigan Panthers, who were coached by Jim Stanley, who was fired by OSU. The more I, you know. Actually, I think Jim Mora had a couple of USFL championships, too. Uh, hold on, let me see. Do you know who won the last USFL championship? <laughs> no, I couldn't tell you any of the USFL champions. Are you kidding me? The Baltimore Stars did. And I think Jim I think Jim Mora was their coach. Playoffs? One more quick text. Plank, do you think Shea Seals was interested in the Tulsa job? He would have been a perfect fit, in my opinion. Grew up in Tulsa, played for Tulsa, and coached high school basketball in Tulsa. I'm not even smart, and I can connect the dots that make him qualify. That's from I Bleed Crimson. Uh, you're never going to find anyone that's going to support Shea Seals more than I will. Um, but I think they're, I think they were looking for maybe a new mindset. And I and I and that's not to knock Shea. I think Shea should still be a part of that staff. But I also think Shea's going to have options. Um, I think he's, even though he's been at Tulsa, gosh for what, almost a decade now? I think he's I think he's gonna have a, a chance to really, really make something really make something good of himself coaching wise. Not that he hasn't, but level up a bit. And if he doesn't, every time I see him he looks like he can still play. So maybe he's got a career ahead of him. Keep the Air Comfort Solutions texts coming six five one three four three nine four oh five six five one three four three nine. Okay, Josh Helmer. When we come back, there is a couple major topics we really haven't hit today. We haven't gone through the highlights of the NCAA tournament. But we also haven't hit on what is an historic day for Oklahoma Sooner football. It is a whole new era. That begins on the field. We've seen the off-the-field hype videos. We've seen the training. We've had the press conferences. Now we get a chance to see what it looks like in person. First practice, we'll talk about it. Brent Venable is going to speak to the media today, too. And we'll have it for you covered on the Ref Sports Radio Network. Speaking of football, welcome back to the Plank Show right here on the Ref with Josh Helmer. I'm Chris Plank. Boy, I like what Steely's got set up here. He's got the uh, the notebook and a little side chair. Well done, Steel, man. Wow. 10 o'clock hour is brought to you by Allison Insurance, 
888-245-2968. Bob and Robert Allison can find the needs to best fit you and your office for insurance. Helping you and your family for over 60 years, Allison Insurance. You see the big story that broke this morning, right? Uh, I'm sure that I did. Well, the Urban Meyer stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that basically he's an idiot. He's an idiot and he's a terrible person. Um, I think all wrapped into one. The the quote that caught my eye, I was kind of surprised that Andy Staples wasn't involved in the writing of this because he spent some time. But the headline says, the most toxic environment I've ever been a part of. It says inside Urban Meyer's disastrous year with the Jaguars. You know, Urban Meyer will be the punching bag here and deservedly so – how about Jacksonville forever making this higher in the first place? I mean, they have to get a fair share of the blame here. How can you go through the process of interviewing a candidate and you don't find out that your head football coach has no clue who Aaron Donald is? He's like, who's 99? I hear we need to block him. That's literally how he went into a meeting. Now, this, again, I – Poppy and I talk about this a lot. There's two stories, and somewhere in the middle is is the truth, right? You you hear one thing from a player, and then you hear another thing from a, a coach. So there's always a couple of different sides to it. But I'm just I I am shocked because I know this. As soon as there's a major vacancy in college basketball or college football, they're gonna come calling for Urban Meyer. And all of this stuff here won't matter when UCLA, I mean, what if it doesn't work in Oregon? Or I'm just, think about it. Texas, you tell, let's say Sark fails again next year. You're telling me Texas isn't going to become a, a, a spot where like, hey, man, Urban's still out there. So, Well, and really – I don't think his stint in the NFL should matter for that. Mm. He's proven that he can win big and win national championships in college football and consistently be a 10-win-a-season kind of head coach. So if I was Texas or anybody out there, I wouldn't care about the NFL stint. No, and I don't think anyone's going to. So fascinating stuff making the rounds. We thought we'd at least touch on it. Now today is – I mean, listen, I – I proclaim it the start of spring ball because Brent Venables is meeting with the media and having a press conference that's slated for, what, 2 o'clock this afternoon? I, It's been a minute since we've heard from Coach, right? Maybe he did a Zoom with the media a little after signing day, but I, I don't know how you feel. I'm, I'm pretty jacked to see how this thing plays out. I'm so over the moon excited for this this spring. I don't know if I – and I don't even know if I'm going to get to the spring game, but I am to the moon and back jacked about what this culture has been – about this culture that's been created. I don't think they're done adding pieces to the coaching staff. I think there's going to be some big names. You go, whoa. That are still going to come to Norman? Now, obviously, when we talk about the 10 on-field assistants, these would be in analyst and, and other control coach roles. 
but I think there's still moves to be made there. But you know, I I wrote about it in in Boyd Street for for the April issue. You have set your culture by God. You have set it. You your holistic approach for Brent Venables and everything you've done so far. It's not coach speak, Josh. It's happening from the soul mission to what they've done in kind of restructuring the Switzer Center and how they're going to do things they have and what they stand for, right? They've created that. They have laid out their recruiting pitch, and I think it's pretty obvious that this isn't going to be a this isn't going to be a coaching staff that if a kid doesn't sign with them where it's suddenly everyone bashing a guy or anything of that nature. Your culture and your recruiting pitch have been set. Now, let's see what it looks like. Has the culture been fully set or got to play, right? Well, I just The off-the-field culture maybe is a better way to put it. How's sh- that? A lot of the foundation absolutely has been put into place. But the spring portion now of the schedule, now, now you get to see what it's like during practice. It's time to go to work during spring ball. So I think that culture building is ongoing for Oklahoma. A lot of the a lot of the I don't know, safety rails, right, have been put in place and now it's time to hop on the track. Let's see um what this train's all about, right? So I asked you and thank you to you and Parker Thune and Tyler McComas for checking in because as part of my Boyd Street spring football preview, we we asked what storyline are you most intrigued by? And Josh Helmer said two. How healthy is Theo Wees? And North Carolina transfer Trey Morrison if he's in the mix. I love both, right? Because Theo Wees, and and I went kind of general, so I'm glad you drilled deeper because I just said as a receiver position, wide receiver development is key to me because the Sooners lost three key receivers from the 21 squad and a pass-catching tight end in Austin Stogner who did not have as good of a 20 one as he did in 2020. I think we all agree with that, right? But, I mean, there's still talent there at that receiver position in both Mims and Stoops. And then you think about the potential of a Theo Wees, right? I mean, there's a guy that came in as a five-star prospect when he's had his moments. He's he's shined. Now, go be great. Let, let's see what you can do in a system that seems to reward dudes that can go up and make plays. I think you've got a superstar to start with in Marvin Mims. You think you got a potential star as well in Theo Weiss, but I am curious. Want to see how the spring looks health-wise for him. We've seen him with Marvin Mims a couple of years ago, tie for the team lead Mm -hmm. in receptions with 37, be the second leading receiver for Oklahoma. And Theo Weiss in his, what, podcast appearance with Jeremiah Hall and Braden Willis on the podcast on the Prairie said – yeah, that's you know that sophomore season was was great and everything, but I think I can 
I think I can eclipse that, even, you know, those numbers there. So he feels that way. Now we just need to see it. So those two to start, I love what we saw from Jaleel Farouk in the Valero Alamo Bowl. Kale Gundy has reminded anybody that will listen that, hey, we recruited Cody Jackson here for a reason. And I guess Cody Jackson had something that had him step away a little bit last season. So to start with those guys and then you start thinking about, you know, obviously Drake Stoops, as you mentioned, but adding the two signees, Nick Anderson and Jaden Gibson, one of those two guys, if you can get them to really contribute, and then one of the two between Farouk and Jackson, I think Oklahoma's in good shape with the wide receivers. But, again, circling back, a lot of that hinges on is Theo Weiss right? Is he back to the Theo Weiss we knew and perhaps better? Agree. Absolutely. Positively. 100%. And then you, you hit on Trey Morrison – how about just in general needing a defensive playmaker, right? The Sooners graduated 21 and a half of their 33 sacks. More than half of the team's total tackle for losses graduated, along with the top two tacklers on the roster from a statistical perspective. Yeah, they're replacing a lot defensively. You know, I've, I'm so intrigued by Jalen Redmond. I think your boy John Williams had reached out and – had asked for a couple storylines going into the spring, and I said, think about the short time, but yet how physically you could see differences in guys that had been in the strength program from the end of the season to the start of the spring, right? I mean, you Jordan Evans is a guy that pops to my mind after his junior season, seeing him in the strength program, you're like, oh, maybe a sophomore to junior year. And so now a different approach for Jalen Redman, I just, I can't, Wait to see how he fits in Todd Bates' system. I can't wait to see Johnson to transfer out of Tulane. I can't wait to see if Danny Stutzman takes a step. You know, I I, I know we're all fired up about the young guys, but it's, it's just kind of nice to have some veterans there. Deshaun White. I don't know. I I agree with you on Morrison in that back end, but those dudes have to be. Does Does Key Lawrence make another step up? You know, does the things change for Key? Well, and oh, you wasn't very good. In the secondary last season, what were they, tied 109th in passing yards allowed? So they need to improve back there. And Trey Morrison, and and the only reason I didn't mention C.J. Colden is because he's not here yet. yet. (laughs) We expect him to be here, but he's he's not here yet. Is it already 10.51? It is. Gary hits me up on Twitter and writes, Texas is where promising up-and-coming coaches – in football, go to watch their reputations die. Everybody wanted Charlie Strong. Everybody wanted Charlie Strong. Now he's untouchable. Everyone, why did I just blank on that? Wanted Tommy H. And wanted Tom Herman. He chose Texas over LSU. Everyone wanted him. Now he's, what, a, the, the equivalent of a grad assistant with the Bears? Sark, you're next. Good luck. Keep that resume ready. All right, our uh, three top five stories today coming up in a bit. Let's wrap up with some texts next. Welcome back into the Plank Show, hour two coming to a conclusion. Uh, two big pro days going on today. Iowa's pro day and Kenny Pickett. Pitt. Why can't I say Pitt? Pittsburgh's pro day. Um, Atlanta. Carolina and Washington have a combined 18 people at Pickett's Pro Day. 
Eight yeah, teams. I'd say they're interested. Yeah. Um, six teams have multiple picks. in the, Did I say that on the air or off the air? Did we do that on the air? Six teams. That was off the air. Okay. Have multiple first-round picks. Somebody's going to take a chance on picking the top ten. But I wanted to say something about a few people we lost this weekend. Number one, John Clayton was one of the first insiders. There was him and Will McDonough and Chris Mortensen. And I just – I eat that stuff up, man. I love – I love Jay Glazer now is one of my favorites. I love the the insider reports. I mean, it's a lifestyle. But John Clayton passed away, and he was one of my favorites. And I can't believe I missed it last week. I know you're not a big wrestling guy, but we lost Scott Hall, the outsider. Yes, I meant to bring that to your hey, attention. Yo, I didn't even talk about it when he passed. Maybe it was too hard for me. Maybe I needed the weekend to recover. But – there was a lot of time wasted back in 98 and 99 for your boy looking at TV ratings for Nitro versus Raw. 97, actually. I had a job that summer, and I would that was the first message board I ever got on. It was a Monday Nitro message board. I was Scott Hall for life. Anyway, RIP John Clayton, Scott Hall, two of my faves. Quick break. Top five stories today next. You know what I was thinking, Josh? This is just an idea. Tell me if you like it or not. Okay, we'll workshop it. Oh, I like that term. Hold on, I'm texting with Whitley right now. <laughs> Take your time. They're on the plane. There's a couple different groups that are rolling. Um, so I thought that maybe we could come up and we have our open for the start of the show. Workshop this live on the air uh, it, with, with the song, and then. At the top of each hour, I'll create us a shorter open, and we each get to pick an open song for that day. Interesting. Right? You yeah. Just, maybe you find something in whatever you use your spot. Maybe listeners can get – I'm not trying to to jack Jukebox Wednesday from Teddy and Tyler. Oh, no. Let's steal it. But I have been in a music listening mode recently. I blame you, Robbie. This is your fault. I'm on a higher plane. Robbie DeRosser? My man, Robbie DeRosser. That's right. It's his fault. But I don't know. I've just found a bunch of tunes where I'm like, that'd be, that's a good intro song. I'm all about it. You yeah. Know? Okay. Well, then I'll work. I'll do a little work tonight. Let your creative juices And then shine. we'll just, we'll alternate days. Like you can have, since you're the music guy, you have Monday, Wednesday, and then I'll take Tuesday, Thursday. I'd we'll like let- to open it up to the people, but I don't know that I trust them. Well, and then it gives, think about it. Now, listen, I. You guys understand this. We're going into some lean times where this becomes more of a variety talk show than a sports talk show. I mean, we had to do sports talk during the pandemic. So I'm not going to become like Brandon Walker where, all right, today's show is the top five things you hate. Let's go to the phones. I mean, it's it's never going to be this program. What are your top five flavors of ice cream and vanilla and chocolate can't be included? Your call's next. Like, that's never going to be us. But... Just give us something different for the summer. As as we like to say here, Josh, workshop it a little bit. All right, let's get after it. It's time for the top five stories of the day. As Hour 3 kicks off, brought to you by Roof Tech of Oklahoma, locally owned and operated for 30 years. Call my guy, Josh Tucker at Roof Tech, for all of your roofing needs at 405-703-4245. Big story number five. Number five. You know one thing that was really funny about the top five while you were gone? is I had told Connor, 
I'm like, listen, dude, I got all the numbers. Don't worry about it. So inevitably, what would happen? I'd hit one, and then I'd forget to do the next one. I'm like, all right, big story number four. And then all of a sudden, there wouldn't be anything. I'm like, dude, what are you? Oh, that's on me. My bad, Connor. My bad, Connor. All right, big story number five, Oklahoma softball, dominant weekend. I mean, absolutely dominant this weekend. They are hands down the top team in the country, and they've got a big challenge tomorrow. Here's here's the numbers from this weekend. Thanks to at OU photo guy for doing the math. Sixty four to two. Opponents only had ten hits, and were no hit on Friday. A team hasn't had a runner in scoring position hit. Wait, can I say that more awkwardly? Let me try that again in three, two, one. A, an opponent hasn't had a base hit with a runner in scoring position since. Last Thursday, not the most recent Thursday, the Thursday before then, so two weeks ago. I think I did better there. So I I had a chance afterwards to talk – well, afterwards. I had a chance pregame after the games on Saturday to talk to Coach Gasso, and we talked about the crowd. And I wanted to share that with you uh, 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 right here, all the home Sooner fans. <laughs> if you're chanting my name, I better get the call. But I didn't, so I like, felt very demoralized and feeling like I'm not satisfying the fans. But uh, I can't tell you what that meant to us. And just really, not just us, but the sport of softball, people are paying attention. So 5,000-plus coming to watch a March game is something I have never seen. I mean, to get 5,000, period. So... We were just thrilled, and we really try to put on a good, you know, show for the fans and um, just play hard and make them proud. You know, it was really cool for me when I'm walking around the concourse. There's every age, right? There's, there's, not, there's my grandpa. There's, there's my age. There's a lot of little kids. This sport permeates throughout all ages. It does, yeah. I'm, I'm throwing a foul ball. I grab it, and I throw it over to, like, an older couple and then you got little kids up in front who make all kinds of signs and if i to be frank we wish that we could sign every autograph and take every picture but um what people may not know is that this has gotten to like ou football level where we're getting mobbed and um we just have to put a time on it and i know Sometimes we, I, my heart breaks to think that we leave people waiting in line, not getting what they want. But we're doing our best, and we'll continue to do our best. Great message. I- okay. Shut up, Plank. Let the coach talk. Jeez. I'm mad at myself right now. Stupid laugh in the background. So there was a call. There was a call in the game against Houston, I want to say. And Patty was mad. Now, I'm trying to remember which one it was. Help me out here for the diehards. It was either the check swing that was called a strike, which was a terrible call. Thank you. Or the female home plate umpire, whom I think I referred to as a male a couple of times. Sorry about that. Apologies. I told Chris I was sorry. But – it was one of those, he's just terrible back there behind home plate. <laughs> and then a couple of folks had to be like, well. Actually, then he's a she, but thanks, Plank. Uh, I, they made, they just had a really, you know how bad the officiating has been in the NCAA tournament? 
Yeah, not good. The umpires for a weekend when 60 runs were scored had a really bad weekend. I can't think of any other way to put it. The sh- Josh, I, I've i learned. I'm getting better. I am I still have questions on rules. I'll, I'll bug Jen Roach. Hey, why did this happen? I think Coach Gasso is probably tired of me after games. We're like, okay, why did this, this, and this happen? JT's probably, he's like, dude, by now, figure it out. But there's always little things that happen. I'm like, whoa, what the heck was that? And so you're always learning. And I learned this. Dang, man, we can have some inconsistent strike zones in this sport. Ridiculously inconsistent strike zones in this sport. And you've got to adjust. Got to be able to adjust to it. What did we do to deserve this treat on the show this morning? Happy birthday, Drake. Oh, is that what Casey said when she came in here? I'm sorry, Casey. Happy birthday, Drake. Drank? Drank Dykin? How? Thanks for the, thanks for the drink. Drake. How old is Drake? See, because okay, hold on, I'm confused. Drake is either like super young and looks old, or he's super old and looks young. I can't tell if he's like 56 and looks like he's 25, <laughs> or if he's 25 and looks like he's 56. Which way would you go? I think he's younger, isn't he? Yeah, he's my age. Okay, I think he's 32. Happy birthday, Drake. Who? Happy birthday, Drake. I told Drake this, Drake. Happy birthday, Drank. I told him on Thursday night's coaches show, the Sooner Sports Talk from Rudy. Uh, Rudy's he's the superstar. He's the rock star in that. He keeps time, and it's perfect. It's always right on. He's, he's the man. Happy birthday, Drank. All right, big story. Oh, softball, by the way. Team's getting ready to take off. I still think it's like 2 o'clock. Hope so. I got to go pack. Uh, for Lexington, Kentucky, I would stay tuned to at OU underscore softball, where there is a chance there could be an announcement about game time tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I think there's some concern that we're making a trip out there and there's some weather in the area. <laughs> that's, that's the kindest way I can put it. I think we're a little bit concerned about weather this weekend. So, 13,000, by the way, was the total number of fans for the entire weekend. Which, by the way is ridiculous for a series in March at that venue. And I'm telling you right now, on Saturday, if they wanted to, Josh, I think they could have sold the whole place out. Listen, this is like 10 minutes on Big Story number 5, but it was just – Well, Big Story number 5 was your weekend. That was my weekend. Right, thank you. I I, I tuned in on on Friday – or I dialed in on Friday to the – one of our competitors franchise and my producer his name is Josh Connett and he is awesome he's a good dude and I'm sitting there as we're getting ready to go on the air it's a later start right four o'clock start and then we got pushed back because there was an 11 inning game early it pushed everything back and when I dialed in I was like wait did Deshaun Watson get traded I mean literally at five so that's how in on softball I was this weekend I'm just fired up for the future of this program all right, um, speaking of Deshaun Watson, big story number four. Number four. We're all in the what's next for Baker mindset, right? We know there's vacancies in Carolina, Indianapolis, New Orleans. I feel like I'm leaving someone Seattle. out. Seattle. Seattle. Right? And uh, none of those teams. We have six teams with multiple first-round picks. None of those teams. But I'm – I think for tomorrow's show, with now that we know the four teams, we might reset 
our Baker Mayfield poll. Hey, here's the four. Where do you want to see him go? I don't think you're likely to see that radio network on our flagship here in Norman, but who knows? Yeah, I <laughs> can't imagine. I'll tell you one thing. Um, I still can't believe that Deshaun Watson got that kind of deal. Five-year, $230 million contract. Contract guaranteed. is fully guaranteed. Is that what got him to Cleveland? Because wasn't he out the door and on his way to Atlanta or New Orleans? What changed? Yeah, just that. The leverage that he gained from saying that he was out the door to either Atlanta or Carolina, right? And getting the $230 million fully guaranteed, that's what changed. Peter King's got to have a – Peter King's got to have an article on this. I mean, it's almost brilliant if you think about it. And, and if someone in Deshaun Watson's camp was smart enough to say, hey – Bro, their their quarterback just basically pinned a goodbye letter. They're bleeped if we don't go there. So if because Baker ain't coming back. So let's say they're out. And if really the only thing that's keeping you out of Cleveland is money, they're going to do whatever it takes to get you because they're stuck. So if someone in Deshaun Watson's camp was smart enough to do that and drive the the value up because I don't think he was getting two hundred thirty million million guaranteed from Atlanta or New Orleans. I don't think either one of those franchises can do that right now. But if they were smart enough to do that, Chef's kiss, bravo, brilliant. Uh, so now we wait on Baker, right? I mean, is this something that could happen as soon as today? Maybe. Is it something that could happen by the end of the week? Possibly. But it has to happen before the draft, right? Or, or I would no. think. We still have an incredible wave of free agents available. Tyron Matthew among them, Taron Armstead, the offensive tackle for New Orleans. But all eyes today on Kenny Pickett and Pitts Pro Day and Iowa's Pro Day. Gets us to big story number three. Number three. The unfortunate end last night to the University of Oklahoma men's hoops season. Perhaps you heard Toby Rowland on the final call, but there was some exciting moments before that. He's at half court with 25 seconds. Finds Mo left side, covered up, kick back, gold wire. Back to Mo right side, step fake, gets open for a three try. Got it! He's incredible! Timeout, Porter Moser! 69-68, the Sooners trailed. Boy, Porter Moser saves up all of his timeouts till the end, doesn't he? How many timeouts were there in the final two minutes of that game? That was impressive. But unfortunately, final call sounded like this. No timeouts. Nolan inbounds to Goldwire. Two to tie, three for the win. Half court with 11. Right wing, Goldwire drives to the rim, kick corner, Marvin. Pump fake, he'll drive, he floats one up, missed it short. Rebound, Oshuniyi throws it up to Lofton, and that's your ball game. And St. Bonaventure wins it 70-68 to in the second round of the NIT. Real quick before we hear from Porter Moser, Josh, what a, what a, what a, what a year one, right? It's ups and downs, incredible highs. The, the Arkansas win had some big home wins, the Florida win, and some very disappointing lows, right? The, the Butler game, among others. Utah State would be in that mix really just – the stretch of 11 of 13 losses in Big 12 play 
the Texas Tech win at home, another real high watermark. The close to the regular season into the Big 12 tournament, another high watermark. Uh, beating Baylor there, and then that same Texas Tech team that you beat at home, then you went to Lubbock and got rolled up on. You you take Texas Tech down to the wire in the Big 12 tournament. Obviously, a disappointing finish in the NIT. You're right. I mean, a big roller coastery type season. So moving forward, that's you'd like a little less roller coaster, a little, roller a little coaster. more consistent. A little less roller coaster. Here's Porter Moser afterwards. You know, just disappointed that you know that it's that it came to an end. I, I want to keep playing. Um, I want to keep playing for the guys. Keep playing for the fans. Keep playing to get better. Um, disappointed, you know. Um, and uh, <clears throat> I got to give credit to St. Bonnie's. I mean, those the, the, those seniors. I mean, we were up four. They hit some really really tough shots. Yeah. And uh, you got to give them credit for those shots. Um, they they put you in trouble situations. They got the big kid who can roll and just catch it with elbows above the rim, and it makes it tricky. You had to make a decision on some different things, and we were going back and forth. And um, so you got to give them credit. I thought we did a lot of things execution wise that was good. Um, we just didn't make enough plays. Um, you know, the frustrating thing is is you get to the end of these games. It's our eighth game that we had a chance, ball in a hand, a chance of, of, to make a play, to make a shot, make a play. And you, we got to you got to make some plays, make some shots. We had some shots, you know. We got we we Jordan drove, drove three. We kicked it. Marv had it wide open. Then he drove it, and he still was wide open. We just looked at it, and then he could have kicked it. But we just, um, you know, just they fought. I got to I got to just tell you though that uh, the the character of these guys, the life lessons these guys will will learn from this because they felt that people were counting them out. You know, they lose Harkless, and they were counting out, and we came back and. The last seven games, you know, going to this game, the last six, we had won five out of six with a one-point loss to Tech. And then we just had a two-point loss here. And um, just, um, you know, we, 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 we had it with the second-hardest schedule in the country. We won 19, and eight other ones, we were right there. And we've got to continue to get better. I told the, the guys um, that are returning and that have eligibility left, I said, you know, everything matters. The little thing, we got to trust the process. The offseason, we've got to get better at a lot of little things. I mean, you know, you, you, you get right there. We've come so far with this group from when we started. And uh, that's why I hate to an end because I've seen so much improvement in so many areas. Um, but uh, I thought the crowd was great. Yeah. It was electrifying. I thought that it was it was great. It was St. Bonnie's a veteran team. That that team, that same starting team, was in the NCAA tournament last year, and you can see those seniors not wanting it to end as well. Um, and just a couple of the, the long threes they hit when they, we were up four, just yeah. mm. just really tough shots. And, um, and we missed some. We had some. We had some good looks. You know, I remember t- a, a run of it. I thought Mo Gibson was just phenomenal. Phenomenal. Unbelievable. I mean, just he, he was refusing to let this group go. And I, I, mean, I feel that that performance was waste. But we had a, a lot of other, you know, tough performances from some guys that, that – and, and Jordan, you know, Jordan and Mo. The thing about Mo, those two did not have a live rep this week. Jordan's ankle got – it was you know, he couldn't play the end of the last game at his ankle. He was one for eight from the field today. He had a, he had a tough night. But, man, he didn't want to not play. You know, he gave everything he got. He didn't want to not play, and he played on a on – a, on a not a health not a 100 percent and um so it's tough tough to end you could sense it there man that's it's gut-wrenching i hate it for porter moser i really do big story number two number, number two, two. <laughs> early start jenny Baronchek has put a note for you to ask out of work for ou notre dame 
boy, we're riding the waves, right? A 9 p.m. start in the 78-72 win over IUPUI, followed up by a 5 p.m. start today against Notre Dame. Uh, it's it's really good Notre Dame team. Really good Notre Dame team. Number five in the Bridge, uh, Bridgepoint region. Uh, they didn't make the tournament last year. They've won national championships in 01 and 18. Uh, they were 20 in the net ranking, which was a 36-spot improvement from last year. And we're 3-3 three and three against the top 25 in the net. So... Good challenge. We'll hear from Ginny Baranchek coming up after the break, which gets us to big story number one. Number one. Number one. Number one. Josh, I have co-number ones today. This has never happened in the history of the top five stories of the day. One number one, spring ball essentially starts today. We're not popping pads, so to speak, I think, until tomorrow. But dudes are getting ready to roll, and Brent Venables will meet with the media this afternoon. And then we've got tournament talk to get to. So I've backloaded this segment big time. When we come back, highlights from the NCAA tournament that caught our eye, including a horrific no call, and Mike Krzyzewski can't stop crying. Don't think I blame him. We'll get into it next. Which big story, number one, do you want to pay off first? I guess two's in there as well. We can start with all of our NCAA tournament highlights. We can hit a little bit more spring football talk, though. I, I kind of feel like spring football is something where we're going to spend a lot of our day tomorrow. Yeah, we, we should talk NCAA okay. tournament because, look, we're going to be talking spring football for the next month. Right. Um, I mean, you're going to get pl- – ladies and gents, we will talk – Plenty of spring football. Tyler is rip raring to go, man. He oh, he is? is ready for some spring football. Uh, my man is ready to call someone a flop um, after one practice or elevate them into the no snaps Hall of Fame. Shooting the uh, opinions. I love it. All right. Um, by the way, Heather Dinich had a little tweet storm this morning that I wanted to share. Well, you know what? I'm sorry. No, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do this. I'm not getting sidetracked. We made a commitment as a show. What did we say? We said we're talking tournament. But it's about the college football playoffs. Okay, well, I want to hear it. Mike Gundy this morning. I, I don't know if there's a meeting or something going on, but Heather Dennich is talking to a lot of coaches. Head coach of Oklahoma State. Correct. Allegedly offering up his services for Florida this offseason, allegedly. She asked Gundy what he thought of the college football playoff decision to not expand. Quote, I think it's eventually going to go to eight. I don't think it's going to go to 12 because the academic calendars are a conflict. The bowl games are a conflict. Finals. There's so many conflicts that it's going to be difficult. So when they said they weren't ready to expand because they didn't know exactly what they were dealing with, I was okay with that. Now, again, not I, I love coaches speaking their opinions. Kind of in contrast to our boy 
Bob Bowlesby, who despite everything that's happened around him, is like, expand, expand, expand. So just just, just a little nugget, a little note. See, we just be bring it up and leave it, right? It's like, there you go. We don't want to go into whether or not eight just doesn't work. It's ridiculous. Why are we even thinking about eight? Twelve is the number. I love when we talk about how playing more games interrupts the college academic calendar when we could easily get rid of four games that don't matter. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's like, listen, we're gonna worry about the academic calendar. Well, let's not play Towson State this yeah, weekend. Yeah, let's, let's get rid of that payday game. <laughs> uh, all right. What was, in your opinion, the top moment from the NCAA tournament this weekend? Was it was it this? In the front court, Brown shot fake, moves to the left. His three is blocked by Nadefo. He saves it to Banks, and Murray State will not foul. The celebration is on, folks. In seven seconds, history for St. Peter's. They're jumping up and down. Two seconds, one second, it's over. The Peacocks did it again. First they stunned Kentucky. Now they topple Murray State, 70 to 60. And St. Peter's, who had never won a tournament game, is now off to the Sweet 16. They become the third 15 seed ever to head to the Sweet 16. Folks, the St. Peter's Peacocks, they are why we love March. Yes, they are. <laughs> yes, they are. Uh, I think probably good. probably that's the big story, yeah. right? Yeah. Is yeah. St. Peter's upsetting Kentucky and then getting into the Sweet 16. I just thought the basketball was great. You know, I know some folks will complain and say there weren't buzzer beaters or this or that, or, man, there weren't enough upsets on days one and two. I mean, for me, I got what I was looking to see, a, a bunch of teams, top teams that – were tested late into games, and then that's a monster upset right there. I mean, Huge. I picked Kentucky to win in my bracket, just yep. like Dick Vitale, and boom, they're gone, out of the tournament. Auburn oh. uh, gets eliminated by Miami. Iowa State's into the Sweet 16. So I just thought overall the first week of the tournament, I thought it was great. I thought the basketball was awesome. How about North Carolina? I mean, that was an incredible game versus Baylor, the ebbs and flows of it. The officiating, yes, left plenty to be desired. Brady Manning getting ejected was ridiculous. Toby was fire. Toby was mad online about that. Did you see that? I did not. Toby had a little tweet storm about it. It was awesome. It wasn't a foul. I'm, well, let me rephrase that. It wasn't a flagrant two at the no, very least. No, it was absurd. But it made for some great theater watching Baylor come back in that game. And then you, me, everybody, your your grandma, your neighbors, everybody thought – Baylor was winning that basketball game when it went to OT after they erased the 25-point deficit, and lo and behold, North Carolina wins the game. So I just – I loved it, man. I thought the basketball was great. Yeah. Um, he, he, where is it? Let me see. He It was during – it was literally right before uh, first pitch of the baseball game, or maybe it was right after. Yeah, yeah, here it is. Updated rules clarif- clarification versus Baylor. Elbow to the face equals flagrant to an ejection. Flying knee to the head, perfectly fine. That was (laughs) – I'm still salty. They were up 25 when Brady Manick was ejected. And kudos to Baylor. They fought back, but in the end – It took overtime. It took a bare comeback for the ages. But North Carolina 
staves off the champs, eliminating Baylor by the final of 93 to 86. Hubert Davis afterwards. None of us wanted to go home. Baylor's defending champions, they were a number one seed, and they are absolutely unbelievable. And you just had two teams that were fighting and scratching and kicking and clawing on every pass, every rebound, every cut, every shot, every free throw. At times, physicality happens, but it was a very competitive game, physical game, and uh, two great teams played today. There you go. How about the end of the week last night with that game going into overtime and Arizona finding a way to make some plays and win it? I thought that was a sensational game. Yeah, it was. It was. Other other highlights that I happened to pull for reasons unbeknown to me was this one. Moore at the foul line, dishes off to Mcgusty off the glass and in. Oh, let the celebrating begin. 76-61, 15-point lead for Miami. Former Sooners are having themselves a tournament. That was Cam McGusty. Miami moving on. Purdue. I thought Purdue-Texas was a fun game last night. Jaden Ivey says, everybody get away from me. Ramey's giving him the left hand. He crosses him over. He guns a three. That's a bullseye. Jaden Ivey wanted it, and oh, did he get paid off. Nice. Purdue moves on. I had this rundown of the Sweet 16, and I completely left it at home with all the times and stuff. And then late last night. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Duh. It's called Google Plank. And then late last night, like Josh was talking about, the incredible finish. Now, I think this was the blown call at half court. Miles double teamed about 45 feet away. Five seconds left. Miles at the midcourt line. He gets bumped. The ball is loose. It's picked up by Terry, and he dunks him with no time left. They wave it off and say it's no good. They wave it off, say no good. Yeah, that's <laughs> hilarious. So I've got to find the Fox Sports Radio moment last night when that happened. Did Be- Arnie just lose his mind? Because basically it was just a bunch of people yelling and no one telling you what had happened. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what – and I had no idea because I was like 30 seconds delayed. So on my feet, they were just coming out of the timeout. And and then Arizona pulled away late. Matherin near midcourt with four. Drives left side. Step back three with two is up. It's no good. The follow jam. Coloco. And that might do it. Coloco stuffs it down. Yeah, it was a big time slam. 85 right 80. Did you happen to see, have you, just before you click, did you look at the box score of the Purdue Texas game? Oh, I mean, obviously, Purdue shot. A million free throws. I mean, just absurd. You can't have a game like that in this tournament. I mean, that's the discrepancy there is just disgusting. It was like 30 free throws was a discrepancy. I mean, those officials should never, never ref another college game. That's terrible. I'm telling you what, I don't think they should let the guys that called the Arizona TCU game call another college basketball game. That was terrible, man. Definitely in the realm of oh. late in the game, so we're not going to call it, but certainly could have been a block. Probably should have been a block right there by the timeline. Um, and by the way, all these highlights are courtesy of Westwood One and the NC now the NCAA Radio Network. But um, one, I, I mentioned this kind of joking, but my man Mike Shashevsky is a ball of emotion. In this tournament, 
I, I am actually someone who's going to be sad to not see Mike Krzyzewski coach anymore. But my man can't even talk about his team without choking up. I'm incredibly cr proud of my guys. This was a – you guys were terrific, man. I'm so – I'm really proud to be your coach. You know, that – it had nothing to do with coaching in those last four or five minutes. It all had to do with heart and togetherness. And uh, they followed their hearts, and God bless them. Uh, you know, we're in the Sweet 16. So you can ask them questions. <laughs> That's awesome. Another, again, great game between Duke and Michigan State. And they did make some big-time plays. Roach hit that huge three, and he's not really known for three-point shooting, but he certainly was on that shot. That was big time. That was big time. Now the Sweet 16, I mean, I think we got a pretty tasty look. I did too. Sweet 16. I'm so mad at Kentucky right now, I can't even see straight. But you're right. It's a good-looking Sweet 16, and it starts on Thursday with Arkansas and Gonzaga followed by Michigan and Villanova. Then the late game is Tech and Duke, then Houston and Arizona. Boy, Houston's something else, man. What Kelvin Sampson is doing at Houston. St. Uh, Peter's and Purdue get the early game at 6 o'clock on Friday. You know where that's being played? Being played in Philly. Not too far from the St. Peter's campus. Nice. Too Pro bad they're going to lose by 40. I know, right? Purdue is just <laughs> – they've got some dudes now. Uh, Providence, Kansas is at 629 on TBS. And then North Carolina, UCLA. What's the nightcap? Iowa State, Miami. If you want the greatest example of how the NCAA tournament makes absolutely zero sense, I give you, Josh, Iowa State. And everyone is up in arms with the stat that no team has ever won as many games in the NCAA tournament as they did the year before because, what, Iowa State was 2-20 and last year, and they've won two games in the NCAA tournament. So I was like, oh, my God, it's never happened before. I don't know if a team has ever lost by 30 in its game heading into the tournament and then moved on to the Sweet 16. I, not only did they lose by 30, they, they lost by 31 to Texas Tech in the first round of the Big 12 tournament. It was 72-41. to 41. They lost to Oklahoma State at home, 53-36. to 36. How were they in the Sweet 16? Because none of that mattered is how they're in the Sweet 16. Yeah. If you get in, you can win a couple of games. We see this every year. We see teams that are red hot that stay red hot, right? right? And we see teams that came in ice cold and Totally reverse it. And Iowa State's in the latter category of the two. By the way, did you see uh, – well, and there's your schedule. There's everything coming up this week. And I've got tons of women's basketball stuff to get us fired up for this afternoon coming up next. But you see this little breaking note from Awful Announcing. We found out that Fox actually did have to make a trade with ESPN in order – or ESPN had to make a trade to Fox to get Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. Oh, out of their contracts or yeah, whatever? Yeah, so, so basically they gave ESPN an extra Big Ten game this year. So as part of their deal to get Troy Aikman and Joe Buck out of their contracts early, ESPN had to pay a little bit and give Fox the Penn State-Purdue game in 2022. Man, congratulations to Fox. Well, I think I think ESPN still wins on that one, guys. I So you can have Penn State, Purdue. Give me Troy Aikman and Joe Buck calling Monday Night Football. All right, quick break. When we come back, big one today for the University of Oklahoma women's basketball team. We'll talk OU Notre Dame next.
All right, uh, real quick, Plank Show right here on the Ref Sports Radio Network. I want to remind you that this hour is brought to you by Roof Tech of Oklahoma. Locally owned and operated for 30 years, call Josh Tucker at Roof Tech for all of your roofing needs, 405-703-4245. A um, couple of nuggets here for the those of you who like to wet the beak. The current odds-on favorite for the most outstanding player in the tournament is Drew Timmy. He's at 3-1 to one right now. Um, Benedict Mathurin is at eight to one. Ochai Obaji at nine to one. You want some uh, value? How about Paulo Boncaro at thirty-three to one? Oh, pfft. yeah, that's a slam dunk. Who you he, bet he for? He goes off. Look out! Arizona's Dude preseason just keeps winning. Boy, they're good. They're they're loaded. They're loaded. I, I mean, if, if listen, if Duke wins the national championship, Boncaro is going to be. Who wins that award? Two teams have seen dramatic turns from their preseason odds to where their current odds are to win the national championship. One is Kansas, or pardon me, Arizona, who was forty to one to start the season. Now they're currently at five to one. And uh, by, by the way, they they don't have odds on St. Peter's. Just so you know, Texas Tech twenty five to one now at twelve to one. They're not available what their preseason was, but they're one fifty to one right now. And it's kind of funny, Todd Furman, we had him on last night, and he said, you know, it's always funny when you have a Cinderella story like that, suddenly you hear about, oh, so-and-so had a two-team parlay with St. Peter's, and if they win, he gets $2.5 million. All these stories that start coming out about these potential winning tickets. But there, there's a couple of numbers, and let's see here. Yeah, good luck with the St. Peter's ticket. Gonzaga is still 9-4 to on – Sports or betonline.ag. Boy, Purdue has even a six to five, even odds essentially one to two odds in the Midwest Regional for Kansas to advance to the Final Four. That's a little bit juicy there with Houston's number, though. Yeah, and Kansas will be advancing to the Final Four. By the way, wow, what a what a bracket they ended up with. Speaking of brackets, comes to fruition today: Oklahoma and Notre Dame. Here was Jenny Bronchek post-game after the hard-fought win over IUPUI. Well, you know, honestly, what I told Austin after the game was I've been on that side of bad seating, and they're not a 13 seed, so they're a very good basketball team. Um, And so, uh, you know, what a battle. But this is the NCAA tournament. This is what it's supposed to be like. Um, No, I I think Macy Williams, I think she's incredible. I actually thought she was even better in person probably than I even did on film. Um, And I knew she was good. But the way that she just rebounds that basketball, man, she was was really good. But I I do agree that, that we did a much better job in that second half. Iowa State already on to the Sweet 16. We know Baylor has already been eliminated. So there's that. And Oklahoma, Notre Dame, Kansas State, North Carolina State. Coming up later on tonight. Also, Texas onto the Sweet 16. So that's pretty cool to see. Kansas got beat last night by Stanford. 91-65. Oof. You know, some of these, some of these games still have that feel of it's really unfair what's going on. Like for instance, South Carolina beat Howard by 58 in the first round. But then there's other games where you look and you realize, okay, all right, here we go. Get a little upset. I mean, South well, Dakota is a great round, example. The second round upsets didn't used to really happen. Exactly. It was always 
you know, UConn, and that was it. Now you're getting a few of those second-round upsets, I mean, right? Iowa is really good with Caitlin Clark and Cisano, and they're going home. Baylor, we know firsthand, is really, really good. That's the Big 12 – well, Big 12 tournament runner-up, right? They lost, yep. lost to Texas, but – Baylor's really, really good, and neither one of those two teams, no more basketball. So a chance to hopefully celebrate a Sweet 16 trip, but more than anything, a chance to be loud and be a big difference maker as Oklahoma takes on Notre Dame this afternoon at 5 p.m. And it would be the first Sweet 16 since? Ooh, that's a good-looking question. I had it right here in front of me, I and then I started. Maybe 16? I, I started clicking around the bracket a little bit. They went in 16 of the Sweet 16? Get you. Uh, let's find out. <laughs> We're about to don't, find don't out. Don't quote me on Don't that. take Josh on his word at it. But, yeah, um, it's a fun one today. And I, I wish I could be there. 17. There you go. No, it was a, it, their first NCAA tournament win since 17. I am, a, I am a big, big fan of creating an awesome atmosphere. I hope fans show out and show up. I really do. But I hate that I can't be there. Man, I want to be there f- because I just love tournament games. I forgot how much I love tournament games until yesterday, and then I'm all over it. Boy, you got to go back a little bit further than that. Are we all the Are we all the way back to 2011? Yeah, it'd be 11 years. Wow, just kidding. <laughs> What'd they do in 16? Scroll up real quick. Now, now I'm one all one lost one. That's right. They beat Purdue in the first round and then lost in Lexington to Kentucky. That was uh. Yeah, I remember that trip. That was a Grant Wade joint, I believe, when he won on that trip. And then they hosted in Oklahoma City in 15. All right, um, 11.51. It's a plank show right here on The Ref. When we come back, we put a wrap with a little news, according to Josh, right here on The Plank Show. Stick around. Thunder, eh? little thunder out there in Norman. Oh, yeah. Be safe, y'all. I had something very important I wanted to ask you before we get out of here. Am I crazy in thinking that the Juju Smith-Schuster signing is an underrated gem for Kansas City? No, you're not crazy. Are you kidding me? KC needed another receiver. They've got him now. They tried to sign Juju last offseason. I just... I sometimes guys fall off the radar so quickly. I mean, here's Juju Smith-Schuster that two years ago we were talking about getting a, a ridiculous contract. And he took a one-year deal with Pittsburgh and now has taken, what, a one-year deal with Kansas City, essentially? It's not really a prove-it. They paid him a bit. Juju's a TikTok guy, right? Oh, yeah. So he'll fit right in with uh, Jackson. How many times has that joke been made already? And listen, tomorrow on the show, I, I got off the clock this final hour because I'm so excited for women's basketball tonight. Tomorrow on the show, we'll have a lot, Josh, of Brent Venable's press conference. So I'm excited for that tomorrow. It's coming up this – I'm excited for that tomorrow as it's coming up today at 2. Can I confuse you anymore heading out the door? We are slated to fly out of here in moments to hit Lexington, Kentucky tomorrow. I would keep an eye. Safe travels to you. I have no control over it. Um, I would keep an eye on the OU softball Twitter account. I think there's a really good chance 
that game time could be moving. There's some concern about weather in the Lexington area, and there is no way we're flying all that way in order to not play. Y'all have a great rest of your Monday. Josh, I'm so happy you're back. Yep, I'm so happy you're back. Thank you. Appreciate that. It's fun to be back, my it's man. It's nothing against Connor. I'm just I'm I know. so it's, happy. We, we got a thing going. I suck so bad at getting guests. You have no idea. It's terrible. But we'll, uh, we'll have that dude on from the uh, field of 64 tomorrow. So maybe, maybe he'll no-show us again, and I can be over my last five on guests. Everyone have a great Monday. Steel Man and Thune at noon or next right here on The Ref. Go, go. I know it never ends. Never ends. All the things that I used to say. All the words that got in the way. All the things that I used to know.